Hello, and welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman. And today on the show, we have a conversation with Alex Eaves of the reused documentary of BoxTruckFilm.com and of the reuse apparel brand Stay Vocal. Alex is a reuse expert who embodies the reuse lifestyle. In 2008, Eves began what he calls the reuse lifestyle, avoiding disposables and finding reuse solutions for his needs and wants. The following year, Eves began giving talks and leading workshops around the U.S., and in 2014, he became a certified master reuser by the Reuse Institute. And a year later, he released the documentary, Reuse, Because You Can't Recycle the Planet. Since the release, Eves has traveled the U.S. extensively for screenings and talks. The film has been viewed in over 20 countries and has been nominated for multiple film festivals. Eves is also the creator and owner of the award-winning green-certified reuse apparel brand Stay Vocal. And this conversation that we have with him is great because we talk about reuse in general, about what it means to reuse versus recycle, and how people, anyone, not just tiny house dwellers, can apply the principles of reuse to their lives. Then we jump in and talk about the box truck, which is a 98-square-foot tiny house built inside of a used U-Haul truck. And you will not believe how inexpensively Alex and Deke were able to build this project. They used all reused materials for the build-out of it. And I don't want to tell you here, you're going to have to listen to the interview to find out. So without further ado, here's Alex Eves. Alex Eves, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. So I'm curious, maybe we can kind of start from the start and just um, what got you interested in reuse in the first place? Oh, geez. How far do you want me to go back? Um, I guess I, I guess the main thing is working in the apparel industry. Um, I used to tour with bands selling merchandise, and there was this one incident when the T-shirt was printed incorrectly, and so I found out through that situation what happens to T-shirts that are printed incorrectly. And in most cases, they're either shredded or burnt. Um, and sometimes, you know, if, you know, if they don't do that, they'll ship them overseas. But none of none of those situations are any good. You know, it's just wasted resources, time, uh, money, you know, so, so many different things. And I ended up with that with that with that incident. I was like, I, I can't be a part of this problem anymore more and be part of the solution. So I talked to the band and I talked to the merchandise company. I ended up getting those t-shirts and putting patches over the original design and then selling them for my brand, Stay Vocal. And so it was kind of a win for everybody, you know, especially the planet, because, you know, those shirts would have ended up in the landfill and um, I rescued them. So it was, that kind of put me onto a different trajectory with my brand. Um, you know, I converted that a few years later and strictly reused the apparel brand in 2008. And then that just became a huge part of my life. And here we are today. <laughs> That's awesome. So that kind of set you down the reuse path. Yes, definitely. And I, I, I had been dabbling in it here and there. And actually the, the first shirts that I ever did for Stay Vocal were shirts that I found at thrift stores. But 
back then it was a money saving idea. You know, now it's not only money saving, but plan saving. Got it. Got it. So one theme that I've seen in your work, and I think this is an area that people really need education about, is that people think, oh, hey, I'm recycling. I'm doing my part. And that's something that I've seen you talk about. And I wonder if you can kind of explain to the listeners, you know, what the difference is between reuse and recycling and, you know, is one better than the other? Yeah, well, unfortunately, a lot of people confuse the two and recycling and reusing are extremely different, you know, so for years, we've been hearing that recycling is like the godsend. And if we're recycling, we're, you know, doing something great for the planet, but it kind of just is a nicer way of throwing things away because recycling, you're using all of these resources to bring it to recycling plant, break it down and turn it into something new. Whereas reusing like this water bottle I'm holding here, I don't know if your fans can see this, but I'm just reusing it over and over, you know, and by reusing, you know the impact that you're making. And currently, there's so much going on in the recycling industry that is just a major problem. I'm not sure if you're aware, but China's accepting <clears throat> all of the plastic from the U.S. because most of the recycled plastic that we, you know, put out put out here ends up in ports in China, and now it's stuck because they don't want it anymore. And they even said it: we're creating too much trash. Like it just kind of recycling just kind of makes people feel better about using single use products. Right. So you're just taking the problem and and bringing it somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I drink single use bottled water, but I'm recycling it. So that's okay. But but it takes so much time and energy and money and non-renewable resources to make all that and recycle it. But reusing, like we're just taking something that's here and just using it over and over again. Like it's just one of those things. Like it, it just makes complete sense to me, and um, you know, and it's nothing, nothing new. It's something that you know was going on for grandparents and great grandparents lived, but the 1960s came along and the plastic revolution just kind of screwed everything up. And single uses, single uses is still reigning supreme, although it maybe seems like. We're, we're coming back from that a little bit, you know, in terms of reusable water bottles, coffee mugs, other kind of day-to-day things. I think people are starting to think about how can I buy something once and reuse it rather than using single use. It seems to me that you need a lot of space to collect materials for potential reuse because it's always like it's not convenient to reuse, to, to have things on hand. I'm going to hold on to this in case I need to reuse it. So now that you're a tiny house dweller, you know, you're, you're living in 98 square feet. How do you live the reuse lifestyle with the limited storage space that you have? It just gets you to rethink space. And that's a really cool thing about tiny houses is just like, how can I store all of these cereal boxes to shift stay vocal orders in without having them front and center? Um, so it just gets you to uh, think creatively. And actually, just yesterday, 
Deke and I went to a house that's being torn down and we were invited to come shopping, if you will. And I found a small little broom that's perfect for the truck. And I'm like, oh man, where can I store this? You know, because it's, um, you know, I don't necessarily want my broom visible all the time and have like a tall closet, a broom closet or anything. So what I ended up doing was I have a table that's hanging up that I use for dining of uh, three or more people and the broom fit perfectly behind the table next to the wall. So it just kind of stashed there. It just, so it's a really cool thing, you know, both the reuse and tiny house movements just really get you to think more creatively about minimizing your impact and, and, you know, minimizing your space. For, for someone who is not in the tiny house movement, who's maybe just interested in, you know, the tiny house lifestyle in the sense of how can I have less stuff? How can I maybe be more friendly to the planet? What are some things that you tell people to do like reuse 101? How can I get in on this? The, the, the easiest ones that I always taught, and, and they're the things that I talk about most because they're not only such big parts of my daily life, but also everybody else's daily life. Coffee mugs and coffee cups, like how many, you know, I don't know what the exact percentage of the world that drinks coffee is, but I'd say it's got to be at least, you know, 65% or whatever. First of all, most people don't know that almost every coffee shop has ceramic mugs. So if you're sitting in there and doing work, like it, or if you're a barista, why wouldn't you use a ceramic mug? Why why create more trash? So there's there's an easy way. And the other thing you know, going back to what we were talking about before about recycling, most people, you know, if they get coffee to go in a paper cup, you know, what they don't realize is that paper cup is lined with a thin plastic lining and most of them are not recyclable. And so even if a (laughs) coffee shop has a recycling bin, their coffee cups most of the time can't even be recycled. So, just, you know, remembering to bring your own travel mug is such an easy, small thing. Just keep it in your bag, keep it in your, you know, cup holder in your car, you know, wherever. Um, attach it to your bike like I did once. Um, another one, uh, T-shirts. Most people do not realize how much of an impact T-shirts have. For every T-shirt, it takes about 713 gallons of water to produce one t-shirt so when people are like oh let's make t-shirts for the road race let's make t-shirts for the graduation party oh my god grandma's 85 this year let's make t-shirts for her party with her face on it like it is a huge impact and you know i've lived in northern california i've lived in southern california drought is a real thing you know 713 gallons of water that's about three plus people that that's the amount of water that they could drink an entire year where, you know, or instead you could have one shirt. So opting for a reused T-shirt or no T-shirt at all, that's that's a better, you know, better solution and a huge positive impact that you can make. And so that's why um, I was excited to do a, a recent Stay Vocal T-shirt. I joined forces with um, an artist in Durham, North Carolina, Daria Drake, and we did a T-shirt that not only promotes that, but also promotes um, 
vegan and vegetarian lifestyles because to produce a pound of beef is 2,500 gallons of water. So it's just like huge, huge impacts that, you know, people don't necessarily know. So we, anyway, we did it based on that. So t-shirts, coffee mugs, you know, remembering to bring a reusable shopping bag um, to grocery stores. It's such a common one that everybody hears about, but, you know, I don't think for the most part it's ingrained in people's heads to do it every single time. Um, trying to think of what a, what a stranger one, you know, if it's, you know, Deke and I were talking about it yesterday. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Absolutely. Well, I think the tiny house dwellers are certainly familiar with, you know, not using water at all because many, many tiny houses use composting toilets. You'll find a receptive audience to that in the, in the tiny house world. Just pretty much anything. And, and, and this is something I've known and I've really relearned working with Deke on the tiny houses. Almost anything that we want, there's a used version out there. Unless you need like the newest video game or the newest phone, like that second, you're going to find a used version, you know, in a week on eBay or Amazon. Like it's, it's just crazy. Like I was able to find like the, it's, it was rated the best um electric tea kettle in the specific color of orange that I wanted for the truck used on Amazon. You know, like it just it's all out there. It just it might take a little more time, a little more creativity, but it's out there. Most of us just want everything right away. So we, you know, we order it on Amazon Prime. It comes in two days, but it's absolutely true. Everything seems to come up used and with between Amazon and eBay and Craigslist, it seems like you can find almost anything. And, you know, that's what I advise people who want to do a lot of salvage for their tiny house projects is start right now. Like, start looking for the windows, start looking for the doors, start looking for lumber. You know, everything that you want, it's going to take time. You're not going to be able to run down to Home Depot and buy the windows if your goal is to reuse them. So, um, I'm glad you brought up the tiny house too, because I want to definitely spend some time. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the box truck house and, and just the project in general? Yeah. So, um, so after touring around the country with my first film, uh, for about a month in my Pontiac vibe, which is an extra tiny, tiny house, <laughs> cause I was sleeping in it some nights and, you know, running my apparel brand out of it you know, but it was, it's been great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I came back and I was talking to Deke about, you know, just how I needed something, needed something a little bigger, you know, um, to travel in. And after you know, going back and forth on the box truck idea. And for me, it's really, it's really awesome and cool. And just like, heartwarming, if you will, or whatever, it's, it's coming full circle because when I used to tour bands back in the early two thousands, we would rent Penske box trucks and I would sleep in the back of those Penske box truck box trucks on the floor on a mattress, you know, and then all the t-shirt boxes would be behind us. So this is like this glorious castle of a box truck, you know, that I used to dream about 15, 16 years ago. So it's really, really cool for me. But the goal with this was to not only create a tiny house made of entirely reused materials, but have it be a, a 
reuse education center. So people come in, they, you know, they're not only touring a tiny house, but they're touring, you know, hundreds of various reuse ideas. So everything from the floor to the bedding to the bathroom to, you know, the truck itself. You know, we actually created a, a map. So people come in and they get handed a map um, and it's the top 50 reuses in the box truck. So they can go and look at the different things and it explains what they are. And, you know, we just, we just want to share these, these ideas to encourage people, you know, to not only help their wallets and help themselves, but help our planet too. That's so great. And I did get a chance to see it briefly at tiny house summer camp. Um, I wish I could have spent some more time kind of exploring it. I'm curious how long did it take to build and how much did it cost, if you don't mind sharing? Sure. We got the truck last last November. We started working on it. And then in August was the final like main piece, and that was the, the bathroom aspect. And so it was about, about nine months for the major core build. And going back to what you were saying, there was added time. Like We actually anticipated it would be quicker than that. Well, I did. Deke didn't. He's, he's done this before, but, uh, I was just like, Oh yeah, it'll be done, you know, within a couple months, no problem. But going back to finding reuse items, you know, it took a while for us, you know, like certain things like the three eighths inch plywood that we needed for the, the ceiling. And then, you know, a few other little components, you know, just took it a while to find. And then as far as cost, that is pretty amazing. So <laughs> the truck itself costs right around $8,000 and everything in it, all of the supplies, the hardware, yada, yada, right around $800. Oh my gosh. So not even $9,000 for everything. And I, I will link to pictures of the truck in the show notes. Um, it is really a stunning. It's beautiful. And if you've ever seen Deke's building work, it's infused with art. And I know you're an artist as well, Alex. So there's just, everything is art in this truck. And so it's, that's an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty crazy. I, I like to play the guessing game when I give tours too. And uh, only on a rare occasion do people come close to going that low <laughs> for the amount spent. It's amazing. I was, when you were kind of setting it up in my head, I was like, oh, maybe like about, $2,000 for everything inside of it. And then you said it was less than half of that. Um, so I know that there are definitely people that, that I hear from who are converting, um, not, not any box trucks right now, but definitely trailers, like buying a, an enclosed aluminum trailer and, and building out a tiny house inside. And so I'm curious, for someone who's going to convert a truck or a trailer like that, what are some things that you learned along the way that maybe you'd do differently or just things that were particularly challenging about, about converting that kind of space to a, to a home? Well, one thing that we had to t tackle somewhat recently that we, um, uh, that was, you know, something I hadn't thought about is the condensation factor, uh, metal, metal roof with, with heat inside, you know, creates condensation. So just make sure to, um, install vents, you know, air vents. So your, your heat has somewhere to escape. So that was, that was definitely one, one thing. And then, 
you would think with, you know, a rectangle or a box or whatever that it would be like perfectly easy, but there's always those interesting corners of trailers and trucks, you know, where you have to. Yeah, those slightly rounded corners and not quite right angles. Yeah, so that was that was one of the few parts of the truck uh, that we incorporated any new materials. So we had to use spray foam in those because, you know, we need to need to protect it somehow. So so sidetracking for a second, the only new materials involved with the truck were spray foam, the caulking, uh, certain specialty screws and the food that we ate and the coffee that we drank. Pretty much that's that's it on new materials, yeah. And I'm sure you drank the coffee out of ceramic mugs and ate the pizza off of reusable plates. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I have quite the assortment of vintage uh, 80s mugs in there. I have an ALF mug and a Pac-Man mug, yeah. Very nice, very nice. So tell me about the film project now, because you're... Um, I'm a backer of the project. I'm excited to to see it come out. What what's the film about? So the film, you know, right now we're in the long term editing phase because when when we created this project, we had a couple hiccups. Like we didn't we didn't get the uh, full funding that we had hoped to get. But Deke and I are and Jason, the editor, are go getters. So we you know we were doing this no matter. what. So we were working with like half the budget, but fortunately the supplies were less than <laughs> expected. Um, and then also the thing that I had to remember, especially once we really got into the build, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really like two projects. This isn't just like another film project or a building a tiny house. It's two major projects. And we're like, you know, because we have to film everything while we're working and then, you know, start, start promoting the actual truck and the tiny house aspect of the truck, but then start working on the second part of the film too. So it's been fun. Um, but the film is going to have a lot of themes of community, you know, which is really important in the tiny house scene. And we actually just de- released a t-shirt design recently, um, based on that. It's, it's just all um, about the tiny house community because that was such a huge part of this. I would say at least 50% of the materials that we have in the truck came from within two miles of where we built it. So like the community aspect we have in this town is just awesome. And then right alongside with that was the theme of communication and I think a lot of tiny house builders know this is just, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, like we, the one we always talk about is we put something up online, you know, Oh, we need a floor for the box truck. Does anybody have anything? You know? And I think a lot of cases, most people would just go to the store and try to buy some flooring, but we put it out there hoping that somebody had some kind of used material. And sure enough, you know, a friend of ours had, um, seven packages of excess flooring from when he ran a donut shop in town like seven years ago or something. So communication and community are huge themes. And then, you know, just, you know, focusing on the reuse solutions to waste, you know, which, which is why I'm doing everything that I'm doing, you know, in general. I I love that, especially the, 
needing to ask your community because, you know, whether or not you're even reusing when you're building a tiny house, so many things are going to come up. You're going to need help. You're going to need materials. And, you know, asking your community is such a great way. And, and even if people aren't sharing materials with you, in a way, sharing their knowledge and experience with you is another way of, of reusing or just taking advantage of, of the people who are around you in a, in a positive way. So um, I want to just see if we have any questions from our Tiny House Engage audience. And we have a question here. As you travel around the country in your box truck, do you have any trouble parking it? And have you ever gotten kicked out of a parking spot? Yeah, no. Fortunately, well, the one great thing and the one thing I always tell people about living in the truck is from the front, it looks like a truck. So pretty much, you know, where you can park a truck, you can park this. The back certainly does not look like a truck with the giant bright green door and glass window. But, um, yeah, no, uh, when I travel, I usually arrange things at businesses or schools or, you know, family and friends, wherever I'm going to stay. So it has not been a problem as of yet. Um, but, again, that's, that's the, the benefit of it looking like a truck. And that's kind of why we kept it kind of low key on the outside, you know, as far as, you know, yeah, there's a couple windows, but it's not like there's no giant sign that says, hey, there's a tiny house inside this truck. Would you ever stay in it with the with the metal like lift gate or whatever you would call that, like blocking the entryway or would you end up locking yourself in? Oh, that is the first thing that we took off the truck, actually. Um, because as you've met Deke, you know that he's pretty tall. And if we had left that in the truck, he wouldn't have been, been able to stand in there. So that would have been an issue. So, yeah, I was just actually watching the footage of the uh, scary, scary scene that was taking that down. Because it's like a 100 to 200 pound gate falling from the ceiling. Oh, my gosh. That sounds terrifying. Thank you so much to Alex Eves for being a guest on the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, I would really appreciate if you could go over to the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and rate this podcast. It might not seem like a big thing, but your positive reviews help other Tiny House enthusiasts find the show. It would really mean a lot to me. And if you're interested in my ultimate guide to planning and designing and building your tiny house, then you definitely owe it to yourself to check out Tiny House Decisions. Tiny House Decisions is my comprehensive guide. It walks you through all the systems that need to go into your tiny house and shows you how they will interact with the house and how you can build a house that will be more just integrated and more useful in your life. So check it out. It's at thetinyhouse.net slash Tiny House Decisions. Again, the tinyhouse.net slash tiny house decisions. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned next week for our next episode.